Well, good, I guess, afternoon, and welcome to Hochmann Coffee. Uh, it's good to see you guys here. I know that we had to push it back today. We were snowed out of Oregon. I live in Oregon. And so we were had to go back into California for the night and made it up this afternoon. So we're glad we're here. We're glad people on the road, Lord willing, stayed safe. But it's exciting to be here at, I guess it's 4 o'clock tonight. I'm going to invite Jonah on here. Jonah, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Yeah, school went well. Yeah, it was good. Um, I feel like I I don't have any coffee, but it feels like I need it because <laughs> uh, energy is gone now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day. Well, I'm glad you're on with us today, and so we're gonna just we're gonna jump right into it. We're gonna be covering a lot today, and it's one of those really delicious passages. You know, Hebrews 11. It's preached from a lot. It's it's one of the more beloved passages in the Bible. I guess a lot of people call it the Hall of Faith. Um, and so we're going to be jumping into that today. But before we do, we'll jump into our, I guess, uh, our, our normal things we go through. If you want the free background, it's in, the link's in the description. You can grab that as well. Uh, we've got the mug, okay? So if you are a coffee lover and want to be a part of the cool mug club, you can do that as well. We've got those. Link in the description as well. We're doing a huge giveaway, and I guess that's only in 23 days now. In 23 days, we'll be giving away a Bible, two courses, and a, uh, a book as well. And so if you want more information on that, check out that video, okay? So if you go check out that video, you can see what we're giving away and learn how to enter that, okay? Also, a big thank you to Judy Murphy, Gary Pence, who I just saw, uh, I guess, commented right here. Good afternoon, brothers. Uh, can't sleep. Oh, I were graveyard shift. I hope maybe we'll put you to um, no, that we probably shouldn't do that, but uh, it's good that you're able to join us, Brother Gary. So Gary Pence, we want to thank you for being a supporter. Maggie Diaz, Kathy Earnhardt and Cindy Erickson. Super excited and thankful for you guys and your support. Um, I also have this. OK, this is an exciting announcement. We have everything Church Pro University and we've got the bronze, gold and platinum. Now, here's the thing. Right now, every single one of these gets the same, I guess access. We're, we're going to be putting out a bunch of courses over the next year, but this is how we laid it out. Basically the 499, the 2499, the 1499, that's just like your way of supporting the channel. And then we're just going to do as much as we can inside this group to give you education. So the first course we're going to be coming out with is Old Testament survey. And we're going to be going in depth, like college level course on the Old Testament. And so whether you do $4.99, you're just saying, hey, we want to support you $4.99, or you say, we want to support you $14.99 or $24.99, no matter which one you do at this moment, all of them get access to the courses. So we have a few courses in there already. We've got the How to Study Your Bible mini course, the Good News audiobook, as well as PDF, a piano course in there as well for those who want to learn piano and, and some other things. But more is to come. We've got a lot of courses that we're working on right now. And we're going to roll them out beginning in January, okay? We're going to begin rolling those out. And so if you want to be a supporter, this would be the way. And the link is in the description, and it's also right there, okay? So that's that. But also, we've got our special mug, okay? So if you, this is only for December. If you like this design, it will be here for the Christmas month. And that's our special one. And people are like, what is that design? Uh, I know you're not going to be able to get this out of your mind after I tell you. But my brother, when he first saw it, he's like, is that a tooth in the middle? But it's not, okay? It's not a tooth. It's the first letter of Hochmah, all right? So we've got Hochmah plus and then the C around it for coffee. If you like that design, you can get it. If you don't, you don't got it. But we made that there for those who are interested, all right? And so stop making fun of my designs, Jonah, for, for serious, hey, man. But they want to get it because they can start a collector's uh, a collector's bunch. Right. So because we'll do another Christmas one next year probably. And yeah. you can say, hey, I'm just going to collect it over the years. That would so be cool. We'll, we'll have to it. do that ourselves. We'll have our own shelf. Yeah, our, yeah, there you go. Our mugs in the back. That's awesome. All right. Well, I think we've got all of those out of the way. I think it's time to jump into the text. What do you think? Let's do it. You ready? All right. So here we are. We're in Hebrews 11, which is amazing. We're almost done. 
And so again, comment below if you have a place you want us to go next, whether it's Revelation or Acts or John or a minor prophet, let us know. We'd love to get your feedback on that. But I want us, as we're about to jump into chapter 11, to see a link. We're, we're, we, I think we're supposed to see this. Chapter 10, verse 34, and chapter 11, verse 1. And so before I read this, let me just... Uh, let me just kind of catch us up to date, okay, on what's going on. We've been journeying a long time through the book of Hebrews, some before we went live on YouTube, and so some of those are just the podcast, which you can get that also in the description below. But we've journeyed from the beginning to here, and the whole thing has been about how Jesus is better, so don't go back to Judaism. These are Hebrew believers who are tempted. I want to go back, maybe. I mean, look at all the things in the family and the community, Maybe I should go back. I mean, this has been our history. And so the author of Hebrews says, don't go back. Jesus is way better. He is actually, it says in Hebrews 1, he is the express image of God. And he is the way God has communicated to us in these last days. So trust him. Believe his word. Trust him. Don't go back. And so I, I want us to look here at verse number 34. This is him telling them, you guys have been faithful even through affliction and you had compassion on me in my bonds. And it says, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Why? Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Okay, so we have that word substance there. And then we have in verse or chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Okay, so I just read those. And Jonah, I want you to think about, or I guess unpack for us, what you think the connection is between verse 34 and chapter 11, verse 1. Yeah, so I, it's pretty awesome. Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Mm. Many times we, and even these who are reading this letter, um, I mean, they had an understanding of why I'm enjoying, because this penman saying, I, you are, you're enjoying, you're taking joyfully the spoiling of your goods, because you know there's something better for you. This is all temporary, but you can be you can rest assured that it's not just a wistful kind of hope that is actual substance. You might not be able to see it right now, and that's where verse uh, 1 of chapter 11 says, yeah. And you don't see it yet, but you can know for sure it is as real as what you see here in this world. It is a true substance, but you just can't see it yet. But you guys are enduring because you are waiting you have faith that it's coming uh, that's huge and i think as as believers nowadays we should latch on to this it is the hope of what's coming that keeps us faithful in the present and that's what the writer was trying to tell them hey you are going through a lot and you're tempted to go back but it's understanding what's forward the substance that's ahead that will keep you faithful and now he's going to surround them with a bunch of other people who also were faithful and he begins by saying faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for. Faith takes the future inheritance and brings it to the present. That's faith. Faith does that. And he's going to give us illustration after illustration after illustration of Bible characters who had that kind of faith. The faith that saw the substance or, or that saw the, the hope, I guess, the, the future inheritance and faith brought it to the present and allowed them to obey God and to continue forward. And so I believe that's the connection between that that passage and uh, verse one. And so it says, now faith is the substance. Faith is what makes the future real now of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're going to see some connections there in a second as well. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. So by faith, they obtained a good report. And the elders are basically going to be the ones that we are going to be unpacking throughout the hall of faith. They obtained a good report. Look at verse three. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, this is interesting. Uh, Jonah, I want you to give us your take because uh, we were talking while I was driving on the road. We uh, just chatted back and forth on the phone about this verse, but about through faith, we understand that the worlds were, I love that, were framed by the word of God. Why do you think he goes from forward, like things hoped for, and then goes back into the past, I guess, and starts saying, so, so we have the hope, but we also understand the worlds were framed by the word, by faith. What do you think? I, I think it's, uh, I know Jesus was a master teacher, 
and this is God's word. And so everything about the Bible is top notch. And as a teacher, as a preacher, um, you're taught things to help people learn how to learn. And so I do believe that this is what's happening. He is um, really using something they already have Mm. to teach them how we ought to view the future. He says, you already, it's already an assumption. I don't have to prove to you guys that God, uh, by his word, framed the world. You already, by faith, believe that's how the world were framed. And you didn't see it. You can't scientifically prove it. But through faith, you believe that that's how it is. So with that same faith, even though you didn't see how the worlds were formed, you can't see it by the faith. Also believe there's a better country in the future. You can't see that either. But just like you believe God framed the worlds, you can believe that. And the, I, and I think that's that. awesome because he also brings it. How, why do we believe the past thing? And it's by the word of God. It, yeah. We believe it was framed by the word of God. Like he spoke it and it happened. But we also believe this because it was taught us by the word. Yeah. That's why you believe. It's by faith in the word of God. And so if you believe the word of God, that God created with his word, you can believe that there's that better creation, that new creation coming. And so I love that. He brings us from the past, like you were saying, something they already believed and said, you already believe this. So, so why not believe that? And, and I believe it links us up with verse one of the entire book. He says, God, you know, in previous times spoke by the prophets and all those things. And that's where this would have come from, you know, yeah. Moses. But he says that, but in these last days hath spoken unto us by his son. And that's where we get the things hoped for. He's like, okay, yeah. well, which we also get those from the prophets. But he's like, mm-hmm. Jesus has spoken to us and told us of this new kingdom that is here and that will be coming as well. And so believe him, believe him. Um, let's look at verse number four. Before we do, let's look at this here. We've got Gary. Oh, I like this one. I like that mug. Hey, he's not making Ew. fun of it. You see that? He doesn't care that it looks like a tooth. I'm just kidding. Uh, but then we've got, he said, one of my Bible translations translates substance as reality. Is that accurate? Well, let's just look at some of the, the I guess, semantic range of the word substance. So we're just going to go to the Bible word study here, and we'll just look at it together. So well, this is definitely more helpful on uh, on my computer. Let me... uh. Let me go back here. So substance says in philosophy, that which exists independently as an objective entity, a substance such as a dog is thus distinguished from a property such as a dog's color, um, which must be possessed or owned by a substance. Although the term substance is derived from the Latin term substantia various, and it's going to keep going on. Uh, But it looks like reality is a is a, a sense of the word, I guess you could say. Um, I love the word substance because it gives you that mm, that firmness, but it seems like they might be synonyms. I don't know how, how else to put it. Um, but substance is is firm. It is I guess you could say it's real, but it's it's more real than just real because the dog's color is also real. Does that make sense? And so it's trying to say it is. I don't even know how to put it into words. I think that the definition did its best, but substance is, is an abstraction. That's hard to, it's weird that we're saying substance is abstract because it's like the antithesis of abstraction. Uh, but I'm rambling on here. John. Do you, do you have a clear way to kind of put that into terms? I think uh, what I, th- when reading that definition, substance is tangible, um, which is interesting. Um, because I mean, it talks about a dog and it's color. You can't touch yellow. You can touch something that is yellow, mm-hmm. touch something that's red, uh, but you can touch a black dog, but you're touching the dog. You're not necessarily touching black. Uh, no, that, I love that. Uh, so that's a great way to differentiate between it, but both are still real. Yellow yeah. is real, but it's not a, it's not substance. And so that's why I, I love the word substance over reality, but I could see why they could think reality because it's trying to say uh, the contrast between shadow and substance, you know, the shadow is not real, but I guess it is real still, (laughs) but that's why I love the word substance because it can get a little hairy between those, those words. I hope that makes sense. Uh, That's my, and I guess our personal opinion on why it's chosen for this word, but uh, that's a good question. Really is a good question. 
All right, let's jump into verse four as we get into the elders now. This is where we start jumping into the hall of faith, and we're going to see basically it's going to be same song, second verse, same song, third verse, over and over again. Because if you've ever heard a preacher get worked up, uh, you will hear this happen. He'll say the same thing, but he'll restate it over and over again in different ways and in different manners, and it just drives the point home. And I think that's what he's doing here with this chapter is really trying to hammer home if you believe Jesus and you obey his word and don't go back, you're in good company. Let me just show you who's your, who you're with. And he begins with Abel. He begins with Abel. He says, by faith, Abel, he said, he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice, a better sacrifice. I mean, we just heard about that, a better sacrifice. Jesus has the better sacrifice. But here he says, back then, Abel, by faith, offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying, by, uh, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Abel shows us, trust God, trust God. You know, if he tells you the way to go, trust him, okay? And so it says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. He's saying, guys, you're in the company of Abel. You're in the company of Enoch, if you trust God and stay with him. Jonah, what do you want to add to this before we move on to verse six? Well, I think uh, these are pretty self-explanatory. I mean, yeah. it's not that deep, and I love how simple it is. So the listener, the reader, it, there's nothing. Sometimes even myself, uh, I mean, just reading this list of people that we're going to read through, it's, man, you get pumped up. You're like, I remember that story. I remember that that account. I remember that person. It's just these guys are doing exactly what we are able to do through the power of and grace of God. I mean, they're not anyone special per se. They're yeah. humans just like us. And so I think that's, that's the point. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think he's trying to show them and us because we don't know any of their names really uh, who he's writing to. And he's saying, you might not be named, you might not make it into the Bible per se, but you can be just like these people, just mm. don't go back. Trust the word of God, believe it, obey it. And he says, if you do that, you're like Abel. If you do that, you're like Enoch, right? Is that kind of the sense you're getting? You're, sure. Man, can you imagine that? That God, if we just trust him and obey, he, he looks at us the same way he looks at Abel, the same way he looks at Enoch. And he says this, Enoch, he pleased God. He mm. pleased him. And this is how. Faith, because it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. This is one reason why apologetics is good, uh, but it, it can never get you all the way there. But we must believe that he is. That's that's an essential quality of faith is, uh, is trusting the existence of God. And I love this. This is a lot like his name, right? I am, right? Uh-oh, someone just walked in. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> I'll let you chat with them. I'm going to put you on mute for a second. All right. I just muted him and I'm going to kind of squeeze over to here. So we don't see, I don't know. He's in the school room over there, but hopefully we can still keep going. But this is amazing. We see he is, which is a lot like his name. I am. And he's like, you must believe he is. He is that I am that I am. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently Seek him. That should be our goal is to diligently seek him. Okay, I look, it looks like you're back. Are you back? Uh-oh, I, I think I have you muted still. Let me unmute you here real fast. Boom, okay, you're back. Back. Some okay. students thought uh, I was, because my room looks crazy because we are playing Monopoly and <laughs> personal finance at the end of class, and they're like, what is going on in there? And they're like, oh. You're uh, doing something. So, they just wanted yeah, to come on and, and give us their two cents about the Hall of Faith. Yeah, for sure. Uh -huh. Right? Well, I love this. Look at this. I go over the, the Faith Hall of Fame, and I feel so unworthy. Amen. Mm. I mean, being counted in the same company makes you feel unworthy, but it also makes you feel, how, how else can we put it? I guess in awe that God wants us to say, you can be like these guys. You can be like these guys. It kind of reminds me of with, with uh, Peter and Jesus walking on the water. He's like, if that's you, bid me to come out to you. And that's him saying, Rabbi, my goal is to be like you. And if, if that's you, I want to be like you. And he comes out 
and he begins to sink and he's like, man, I, I can't be like Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, if I am the creator, if I am your rabbi and I, you believe I have the power to let you walk on water, don't doubt. Don't doubt. You can be just like this. You can be just like me. You can be just like these people. And so, friend, if you're like, ah, oh, I can never be like Enoch. I can never be like Cain. Maybe, maybe not in some ways, but this is what God wants us to realize. By faith, by trusting Jesus and doing what he wants us to do today, we are like them. We are like them, which just blows me away. It blows me away. And so let's keep going on here. It says, by faith, Noah, look at this, being warned of God. This is him again, the word of God. It comes back to the word. By trusting the word of God, God told him things and they were not seen as yet. These are invisible things, but they're trusting the word. He obeyed. He moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Righteousness is by faith, not by works. But this is a beautiful one. I mean, that's a scary thing to begin, I guess, to dedicate your entire life to building a boat that everyone is going to think you're crazy for building. And he does it because he believes the word of God. That's the only reason is God told me to do this. I'm going to do it. And in this society, I think we can feel the same way because God tells us to do some things that in this society are crazy. You know, to this society, when we say that marriage is one man, one woman, one, one lifetime, people think we are nuts. And, and some people even think that we hate people because we hold to this. But the truth is, if it's God's word, we might look as crazy as Noah holding to it, but we trust God's word. We trust it. We believe life begins at conception. And that might sound crazy to the world. That might sound ludicrous. We might look like Noah. But the truth is, if that's what God has said, if we want to be like Noah and we want to be like, like Abel, and we want to be like Enoch, we just trust his word, even though it might look crazy. It might look crazy. We do it by faith. Anything you want to add before we go to Abraham? Oh, I think uh, I'm, it just takes faith to be Noah. And yeah. uh, I was talking to my Bible class. We're going over Genesis mm. and we don't know, obviously, every single detail, but they all got on the ark. And we don't know how long it took for God to close the door. It might have been once the last animal or the last person got in, it closed. But they, they all got in. Maybe the door just stayed open maybe for 15 minutes, an hour. And they're like, uh, what do we do? <laughs> and it's like, are we all just on here now? And it maybe just never rains. Maybe a week goes by and we're like, okay, we might have made a mistake. It just took faith to get on that boat. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says right here, uh, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. So. Yeah. I'm just believing God. I don't know what's entailing here, but I can look like a total buffoon. If this yeah. is not going to happen right away, I'm just putting my neck and my reputation and my image on the line. I, people are going to think I'm crazy if this truly doesn't happen, but I believe God. So this yeah. is why I'm going to do it. So it's pretty And that's, cool. that's, that's amazing that God, he's, he's using these to encourage us to stay faithful by faith. Like mm -hmm. You don't see the future. You don't see the inheritance that's coming but you trust God and obey God, just like Noah did. He didn't see the flood coming and, and the salvation through the ark on the other side, but he trusted God the same way we should. And so now we're going to move into Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, again, the word, it's the word of God. He was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. I mean, we're seeing the same theme over and over again. So it's the word of God. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, this is the word of God. He went to a place not knowing. It's, I can't see it. I don't know where I'm going, but it, uh, 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 but I'm going to go because God's word said so. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's a it's same song, second verse, right? We keep mm -hmm. going. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of the same promise, the word of God. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Faith is the substance, the reality of things hoped for. He says, God gave me a promise, things that I'm hoping for, and I'm going to take it as now, by faith. He's like, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. What a section of verses. Anything you want to add to this section here? No, I think that, uh, that covers it. Like I mean, you said. It seems like it's just the same thing. Trust the mm -hmm. word. Because he's, he's going to come through. Through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child past age. And this is the thing. This is how she had faith. It wasn't faith in faith. 
I think we should stop, we should talk about that. Look at what, what the faith was in. She judged him faithful who had promised. It's the word of God. It's the word mm-hmm. of God. Again, a lot of people, they say, well, just have faith. And if you just have faith, you can move mountains. Well, faith in what? I mean, faith in, 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 in uh, people? I mean, that's not a good place to place your faith. You say, wait, how could you say that? Even Jesus in John chapter, what was it? Two or three? It says that he didn't commit himself to men because he knew all men. He, he didn't trust people. He didn't have faith in people. And, and so what's the faith supposed to be in? You say, well, faith in the church. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? There is not a perfect church out there. Uh, and I was I was debating with somebody a little while ago about the church. And these people, they were Catholic. And so they believe salvation comes through the church. And they're like, you know, it's, yeah, it's not about the word. It's about the church. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? My faith. It's not in the church, my friend. The faith has to be in the word of God, the word of God. And not faith in faith, not faith in fuzzy feelings, faith in God. Every single one of these people, God told them something. They trusted his word, even though they couldn't see it, even though it hadn't come yet, they trusted the word of God. And so is there something you want to add there? I mean, I'm feeling fired up about this. We got to trust the word. Yeah, that, uh, it's actually, I think it was two years ago, one of the students that actually just walked in uh, two years ago, he was in one of my science classes. And I had, I don't even, I think it was an extracurricular uh, assignment or presentation I had him do. Yeah. And uh, one of them did their presentation on the topic of faith. And it wasn't necessarily uh, the biblical faith that they were talking about. So afterwards, we just talked. And so I'm like, let's, let's, let's discuss what you meant by some of the things you said. And Oh, what do you think faith is? And like, well, just believe in yourself and all. I'm like, and so we actually just started talking and through the course of the conversation, we, we just usually actually use the rest of class. Yeah. And one of the students, uh, actually said, I, I'm, I'm feeling conviction. I don't Mm. think I've actually put my faith in the right object. Mm. Um, and so it was actually a student of a staff member. And so I sent them down to their parent to get that settled because I yes. asked, your, your parents want to be able to do that with you. Uh, one of the most, that is the most special thing. So that day, it was April 1st, April Fool's Day. And I'm glad it wasn't <laughs> an April Fool's joke, but that, that student got saved because mm-hmm. of this very topic of its belief in God's word. Yeah. And so. Awesome. I love it. I mean, that's, I think that's something that people need to realize. I don't know if it's talked about enough. Um, it's not faith in faith or faith in just anything. It's faith in the word of God and what the word has said. And the Bible tells us clearly how we can be saved. And it's in the word. We trust the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing yeah. by the church. I mean, no, faith comes <laughs> by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Friends, the word is so important. And so it says here, she believed the promise. She judged him faithful who had promised. She judged the one who made the word, who said the word, God, faithful. And because of that, it says, therefore sprang there even of one and and him as good as dead, so many as the stars in the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. This is very personal to to this audience. He's saying, you are alive today, Hebrew descendant of Sarah and Abraham, you are alive today because Abraham and Sarah trusted the word of God, even though they couldn't see it right now. They just trusted his word. What an an example of faith. Friends, may we have that same faith. May we not forsake Jesus. May we stay close Mm. to the word the same way these did. It says this, these all died in faith. And look at this, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. How did they see them? By faith, you know, they, they didn't get it. It's that substance. They had it. They saw it afar off of the things hoped for. What? I love it. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Wow. Wow. Okay, Johnny, you got to take some of this for a second. What, what do you take of verses 13 and 14 about their dying in faith, not having received the promise, but they embraced them and what they declared about themselves? What do you want to say? Yeah, it's almost, I, I'm trying to, there's so many different illustrations that I think of in my brain, but none of them give this verse justice. Mm. Um, because obviously, knowing that you're a stranger or a pilgrim on this earth, it can be lonely, it can be hard but they were willing to put up with that loneliness or 
being shunned by the world's philosophies or whatever um, because they were pers- persuaded of things that they saw far off. They says, we're not citizens of this world. We actually have something uh, better. Um, you're tempting me with something that might be enjoyable right now, but it's not comparable mm. to what I'm looking forward to in the future. And so, so many things, such so, so, so great that's a great verse right there. I love it. It really is. And I love this because I think if, if we really realized that we're not supposed to love this world, that, that that's not what God created us for is loving this world. We would live a lot differently. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of Christians, this is how they show their Christian is they go to church at least once a week, you know, or, or, or they read their Bible. Um, but the truth is, I think our lives would look a lot different if we didn't care so much about status, about possessions, about all of these things. They're not, none of these things are necessarily evil in and of themselves, but they become our focus. And we think that God designed this life for us just to, to enjoy as much as we can. And then we get to enjoy heaven as well, where that's not the picture that God gives us. We are strangers and pilgrims, but there is he is king of this world and he's coming back to this world to set up his kingdom. And until then we're supposed to live as citizens of that kingdom. We're strangers in this society, but we are living like the society that's to come. And I love this. Look at, look at verse 15. I think we talked a little bit about this yesterday and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. I mean, this is this is this would have been really potent to these people who were tempted to go back to return to Judaism. And he said, if they had thought about where God called them from, if they had been mindful of it, if they spent their day brooding and thinking about where God called them out. I mean, think about Abraham leaving a very successful place and going out into the middle of nowhere where it's hard. If he had spent his days thinking about Ur, he probably would have returned. If if I mean, we saw that with Lot's wife. I mean, she, she's like, I can't leave this place. And he's trying to show these Hebrews, guys, if you just keep thinking about Judaism and thinking about all the things back there, you might not stand. You might return. What do you want to say? And I know in the text, it's not, it pretty much is in chronological order. And it's not, not in Hebrews 11 have we got here, but that's exactly what the children of Israel did in the wilderness. Yeah. They said, we, we want to go back to Egypt where we yeah. have the better food and all that because they weren't looking to the promised land. They kept focusing on the good, the good life. They forgot what everything entailed in that life, but they thought it was better back in Egypt because yeah. they weren't looking for the better country. So. I think that's huge. And, and I think it's applicable to us. And maybe for us, it would be a lifestyle, whether it's sinful or not, uh, a way we used to live, a way we used to think, people we used to hang out with. And God has called us out of those things. And now if we think so much about those, we can be tempted to go back. And there are too many believers who don't move forward into the promise that God has from the rest that we talked about chapters ago and mm-hmm. thinking about what God has for them in the, in the distant future because they're so caught up thinking about the past. And when, wherever your focus is, I mean, that's where you usually go. And if you're focused on what God has for us in the future, you, you move forward. You focused on what you're missing out on, you usually move back. And so I think that should be an encouragement to us to keep thinking forward. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the more I'm actually writing the children of Israel and the promised land in my mind, the more it just talks, it refers to exactly what we just read, pilgrims and strangers, yeah. hard and lonely trials. I mean, mm-hmm. when they're in the wilderness, man, it's a hard thing. Hard. And that's the a picture of what we're doing. Ooh. Yeah. We feel lonely because we're doing certain things in this certain system and uh, society. But if we just are reminded, look for that better country. Use this children of Israel as an example. Don't do what they did. Yeah. Keep looking, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Mm. Man. That's huge. And let's see what's coming here before we move on. That's why I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It tells me to trust God even when I don't understand or mm. see the end game. Yes. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not on thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Such a, such a very important truth for us. Now, I know there's so much. Uh, we got to keep cooking because I'm looking at the time like, holy smokes, we were only on this verse, and we got a lot to do. But in verse 16, it says, but now they desire a better country, which is so, mm, so good because it lines up with the theme. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. 
and the mm. country he has for us is better. It's better. Mm. Uh, it's a heavenly. And, and a lot of times we can take this and we can think, you know, disembodied, right? That's not necessarily the theme of heaven. Heaven is a place where we will have a new body. And it will be a place where there's a new earth and a new heaven, not the intermediate heaven. We could talk about that in another conversation, but it's desiring the heavenly. So it's an adverb. It's the way, or I guess we get, is this an adjective? It's a heavenly country. So it's an adjective, mm -hmm. right? And so it's, it's a better place and it's, it's like God, it's holy. It's, it's a new place. Would that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it says, look at this. Wherefore, because they desire a better country. Oh, man. God is not ashamed to be called their God. Friends, I, I'm telling you, we could stay here forever. I want to. But there's just so many juicy nuggets in this passage. I hope that you're just taking them and putting them in your, in your pocket. Coming back for that later. But God's not ashamed to be called their God because they desire a better country. For he hath. Like this is him saying, yeah. What you're trusting, the hope is real. He hath prepared for them a city. He has. Let's look at verse 17. By faith, Abram, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And this is a controversial, uh, I guess, section in the Old Testament. Uh, a lot of people don't become Christians because they struggle with a God who asks somebody to give up their son or to kill their son. Now, you might have heard this before, Joan. I don't know if you've ever heard of somebody struggling. They say, I don't know mm -hmm. if I can believe in a God who would ask somebody to kill their son. That sounds... Sounds crazy, right? But here uh -huh. it gives us the reason. It says, uh, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, again, the word of God, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up from, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. We'll not talk about the figure today, but Jonah, you want to tackle this section here. Why? Why did Abraham go through with what he did with, to Isaac? Uh, first of all, what a beautiful uh, picture of Christ right. there. Um, uh, but why was Abraham willing to go through with it? I truly believe he was, he was ready and willing to kill his own son, which sounds crazy. But again, this is the whole reason of this chapter. He believed God's word. What yeah. word was he believing in this case? He he was told by God through Isaac, yeah. you will become a great nation. Through Isaac, your seed is going, uh, your seed's going to be called of uh, verse 18. And so since God told Abraham that, says, I don't know how this is going to work. I, I mean, God's telling me to kill him. He told me that Isaac is going to become a great nation, but he's also telling me to kill him. I'm just going to obey. I'm going to believe that he's, if I kill him, God's going to raise him back because he has to. Yeah. I mean, he's promised me Isaac is the son. Yeah. Isaac the son. So uh, I'm going to do it. And we, we know the end of the story, but he just, he did it because he believed God's word. He was, that's right. Man, resting, resting. And, and so a lot of people who have struggles with this are already presupposing God doesn't exist. That yeah. that's why they have such an issue with this. If God doesn't exist, and there is a religion that says you have to kill your kid. Obviously, that sounds terrible because there's no one going to raise him up. Does that make yeah. sense? And that's mm -hmm. what they're presupposing. They load their own framework into the story. God doesn't exist. So if you kill someone, they're not going to be able to raise from the dead. Uh, and obviously, God didn't have him kill his son. But he, he said, no, not your son, my son. My son will die on your behalf, which you already alluded to. Um, but, but that's the thing. If you don't have faith in God, all of this is crazy. Noah building an ark is crazy. Believing that a 90-year-old could have a child is crazy. All of this makes no sense unless there is a God. That's why he says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. If you take he is out of this, none of this makes sense. I mean, even verse 30, which is a simple one, makes no sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. He told him, the blessing that God gave to Abraham, I'm passing on to you by faith. It's coming. God's going to... Bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. Again, same thing, blessing Joseph and his sons, uh, same kind of thing. Joseph, again, believing the promises of God that he told Abraham, which uh, we're not going to dive into it today because we are we really got to cook. But I believe it was, uh, was it in Genesis 15 or was it in 12 that he tells him that his descendants are going to be 400 years in Egypt. Do you remember what chapter that is, Jonah? 
It's one uh, of those though. Yeah. Where God no. in his covenant tells them that he's believing mm. the word of God. And that's why he says, Joseph says, Hey guys, you're getting out of here. So take my bones with you. He's believing the word of God about the future, right? By faith, Moses, when he was born, uh, it says a same song, second verse again, right? Right here. It says this by faith, Moses, uh, let me see when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and were not afraid of the King's commandment. They trusted God and what God wanted them to do over everybody else by faith. Moses, when he was come to ears, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Again, why did he deny Egypt? He trusted God's word, believing what God had for him was better than what Egypt could ever give to him. I mean, there's just so much here. I almost know, like, we have to, like, summarize these. Mm-hmm. Uh, 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, right? Again, why? As seeing him who is invisible, by faith. Through faith, he kept the Passover, right? There's just so much. By faith, they passed through the Dread Sea. I'm telling you, if I saw water part and it's so massive, it's going to be hard to get me to walk through that. I mean, especially if it's a long walk. That's scary because you have to, by faith, trust God that he's going to keep those walls of water straight up there. Uh, with By faith, it talks about Jericho coming down. Now we're moving into to Joshua. By faith, Rahab also, she believed God. She believed what he was going to do. And then we get into verse 32 where he's even saying, guys, this, there's just too much. I can't do even more. Okay, so before we get into this next section, I just want to look at some of these comments here. Just my opinion, but I believe that Abraham knew that God would provide a substitute. He could have, but the verse does say, does say this. Um, so it kind of goes against that a little bit in this. He says this. Let me go back up here to Abraham. It says um, this right here. Let me, let me get my drawing tools up. So it says that he offered him, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And this is why he did it. Not because God would provide a substitute, but this, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. So, so, so this is, he wasn't going up there assuming a substitute. He might've hoped for a substitute, but here it's, it's very clear. The reason he was going to offer his son was because he believed that if he killed his son, God would raise him up because God promised Isaac's going to have kids and Isaac hadn't had kids yet. Does that make sense? So it's, it's him saying, I believe God, his word is true. And if Isaac's going to have kids who will have kids who will have kids, Isaac can't stay dead. So if I kill him, God will raise him up. And so I have to push back on that thought a little bit because it's a popular thought um, because it makes us feel better, you know, because Oh, I, I, Abraham would never kill his son. That's not the story the Bible wants to share with us. The story the Bible wants to share with us is he was, he was going to because he believed God had to raise him up if God was going to be good and if God was going to keep his promise. So I hope that makes sense there uh, because uh, we can't just wash all of this away um, because right here he's very clear. He was going to raise him from the dead because of this. And so let's just leave that there for now. Uh, but Let's let's keep going forward uh, into where were we at? Uh, I think we were just bringing up bringing up yeah. comments mm-hmm. right now. Uh, James two uh, twenty one through twenty four. Now off the top of my head, I don't have that loaded up in my mind. What does that one say, Jonah? Let me see here. It says James two twenty one. Uh, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he uh, had offered Isaac mm-hmm. his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? My works was faith made perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it. It's a good, good it. complimenting verse to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says here, even if Abraham didn't truly know how he believed and through his obedience walked in faith, believing. Amen. I like it. I like it. I like it. Let's see here. Thank you. I had not considered that amazing uh, what we see with the deeper study. It's true. And I'm telling you, yeah. there's a lot of things that I thought. And even before reading this section, I'm like, oh, wow, that, that moves some of my thoughts around. And I, I believe it's going to happen to all of us for the rest of our life. As we continue to oh, study yeah. deeper, we're going to refine just some of our arguments and some of our thoughts. Like even this last week, I was at a church planning conference and I'm telling you, I'm on fire because of what the local church is. And one day we're going to do a whole study on that. That might be our theme next year is just diving into what is the local church. 
And what authority do we have? Oh, I'm on fire. But it, it tweaked my view that I would have said one thing a week ago, but I'm going to say something different now because of a deeper study. And so thank you for that. That was, I loved even considering that with you guys. So Jonah, I know you got to go soon. So we've got to cook through a lot of verses, but I think they're really summarized together here. Um, Cause it says, and what shall I, I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. And then it summarizes all of these people basically from, from judges forward. That's kind of what he's saying in verse 32. I could, I could start at judges and work all the way through the rest and time would fail me to tell you of all these people. And then it, it surmises what they did through faith subdued kingdoms. And for those of you who know Jephthah, this was one of our questions yesterday. It's like, why is he on here? Uh, we're not going to get into his story, but I believe the reason he's on here is from this first part through faith, subdued kingdom. So we'll leave that there. If you had a question about Jephthah, but also wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stop the mouths of lions. You can see that he's talking about from judges forward. He's just kind of hitting all the people who hit in there. Stop the mouths of lions. We're talking about uh, uh, Daniel it says quench the violence of fire. The three Hebrew boys escape the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, which is Jonah's favorite verse to confuse teenagers with. <laughs> the aliens are in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. This is huge, that they might obtain a better resurrection. This is him again saying, if you stand fast with Jesus, you're in good company. There were so many others who were tortured. They didn't accept deliverance. Why? They had hope. They had the hope. By faith, they believed that that hope became substance and was able to, to, to lead them through death. Um, others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yay, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. Many believe that's talking about Isaiah. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, and I love this, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. We get David pulling in. We get Elijah, the sense of Elijah coming in. And all of these, having obtained a good report through faith, look at this, received not the promise. Hearkening back to verse one, faith is the substance of things hoped for. They're not here yet, but it brings the future into the present. They didn't get they didn't get there. They didn't get to the hope. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Friends, if you trust God and his word despite not seeing a lot of a lot of the future benefits yet, you're in good company. And so I believe here he's trying to encourage them and us stay faithful. Stay faithful. If you stay faithful to Jesus despite all the hardships, you're just like all of these people we've just read. What, what do you want to add to this, Joan? I know we've got little time left. I know you're good. Um, I I think it's a great encouragement because really, I would even say a hundred percent of everyone who was mentioned in this chapter, we could probably well, except for maybe Enoch. Yeah. Um, but everyone else, we know some of the flaws that each and every one of them had, and so. Um, God isn't saying these guys are righteous because of their works. Yeah. They're righteous because they faith. have faith in my word. And so we can, we all know ourselves. It's like, I could never be like an Abraham. I could never be like a Moses because those guys were superhuman. What we might think of as Christians, even though Christ wasn't uh, there yet, but we might think that, Oh, they're really great men of God because they're in the Bible. But we have to remember they are humans just like us. And yeah. I think this is what the penman's saying. You can be in this company yes. if you just exercise that faith. Believe God's word Believe and it. live it. So. Mm. That's huge. And I think that should encourage us and challenge us. I think you're supposed to do both. Yeah. I, think, I think him quoting these to those Hebrews would encourage them. Like, wow, by us enduring the afflictions and staying faithful to Jesus, we're, we're like them. But it's also a challenge. If you want to stay in this company, you can't go back. And so it's supposed to be like, stay with the company, you know, stay in the group, stay in the herd, stay with the, the great cloud of witnesses, which we're going to see in chapter 12. Stay there. Don't go back. Stay faithful. Stay, stay believing God's word. And I think that should be our challenge to ourselves and to everyone watching. Don't go back. Don't leave Jesus. 
Don't go back to your old sins, your old ways, your old things. Stay with him. Trust his word that there is a better resurrection coming. There's a better country coming. And everything in this life is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, according to Romans 8. So keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. Stay faithful because he's faithful, that promised. And so I want to look here and see. I think we just saw one. I could work up an entire study just on this one chapter. It's so it's so true. There's so much here that we really had to skim through it. And I feel like we did you guys a disservice on how much there is. Um, maybe one day we will slow down and just work through this for Holchman Coffee, just a verse at a time. Uh, but the way we're doing it this time, we had to speed through, but we really could. We could spend days and days and weeks just going through Hebrews 11. Uh, let's look at this last comment here. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 and Philippians 1, 21 are good reminders for us. I don't have those uploaded in my mind real fast. Don't you want to look at 1 Corinthians 15, 54? I'll sure. look at Philippians 1, 21 here. Hmm. Philippians 1. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Yeah. That's coming. That is coming. And if you really believe in the resurrection, that should be something that we look forward to. We're looking forward to Christ coming back. We're looking forward to a better resurrection. We don't have to fear all the things that the world wants us to fear. And then here's the one in Philippians. For me to live is Christ, Messiah, the King, and to die is gain. To live is not fun and popularity. To live is Messiah. To die is gain. I love it. And then let's see this other one here. It says here, stick and stay. It's so worth it. God is good. Amen. He really is. He really is. Friends, there's nothing the world can offer you. There's nothing Satan can offer you that's better. Think about Jesus in the wilderness. Satan offered him all the kingdoms of this world, but he saw, the Bible tells us, that he saw what was ahead. For the joy of him, he endured the cross. He looked ahead and he saw, and that's what gave him endurance. May we also be like Jesus. Satan's going to offer you a lot. Sometimes he even offers you the world. It's not worth it. Because what shall a man gain if he gain the whole world? but lose his own soul. Friend, stick and stay. I love that what, what my wife Kendra said, stick and stay. It's worth it. It's worth it. Well, everybody, thanks for being here with us as we journey through such a deep and delicious passage, the Hall of Faith. I pray you're encouraged and challenged the same way they would have been, the same way I am, that, mm. friends, we're in a good company. We're in good company. May we not leave it. Any, any closing remarks you want to say before we, we wrap up, Jonah? God is good. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Well, friends, thank you for being with us. We'll see you, Lord willing, next uh, Friday at 6 a.m. And until then, enjoy yourselves. We'll see you guys later.